0: And what, a, what a great day to be together. I, I am so excited. If I'm honest with you, it's hard to stay inside my own skin. Any of you ever been that excited? Did, did, did you have a good summer? Like, you know, I know it's still hot, but school's about to start and we're about to turn the corner into fall. And we have so many incredible things happening in the next few weeks I can't hardly contain myself, and I want to share a few of them with you. In two weeks, we're going to have our ministry launch. And so if you, if you haven't found um, a place to serve or a, a haven't found a place to use the strengths that God's given you, in two weeks, we're going to have a ministry launch, and we're going to have a lot of our ministry teams and our ministry leaders available to talk to you and trust me, it will be the best one we've ever done. I'm not just saying that. It will be uh, new, and it's taken up to another level, and you're going to enjoy it. So I hope that you'll be here just to see it, if nothing else, in two weeks. But I know the door will be wide open for you. God has gifted you, and God has given you a purpose. And we as a church want to help you find that purpose. In five weeks, we have uh, our all-church community picnic, which is one of the best outreaches that we do all year, so I want to ask you to go ahead and think about who you can start to pray for and who you could invite to be your guest on that day. We'll share water baptism. It's going to be an incredible time, and in about five weeks, we're starting um, a, a brand new ministry or brand new service at Kingwood Church it's called 20's Life. I'll show you the, we've got a little logo there. I want to show you the logo. 20's Life. So the first Thursday of every month, starting in September, we're going to have a new worship experience for our, 20, our 20-something Our 20 ministry is launching this service. And so here's who I, I want to pay special attention. If you are a high school senior, I wish, I wish there was a better way to say everything I'm about to say other than 20-something, but there's not. So people get confused sometimes on who it includes. If you're a high school senior, we want you to come. This, This month, if you're starting your senior year, we'd like you to come to this service. If you're 18 or 19 or 20 or 21 or all the way up to 30, if you're single or you are a couple with no kids, In that age range, all those people, we'd love for you to come and be part of this once a month worship experience uh, starting on the first Thursday of September. So I want to encourage you, maybe you have kids or grandchildren that age, I'm telling you it's going to be a, a worship service that will help that generation encounter God and move with His purposes in their life. So I want to encourage you um, to, to help us and jump on board with that. Now today, like I said, a lot's happening. Today is our fall life group launch, and I'll be talking to you a little bit more about that um, as, the, as the service goes on. Uh, but here, here's what, here's what I, I find as we're starting a new series. We finished our Act series. It was a fantastic series. I enjoyed every part of it. Uh, don't we have a great staff? Did you enjoy the teaching from our staff this summer? They did a fantastic job. I listened uh, by podcast to many of those messages that I wasn't here sharing myself, and, and I, my life was enriched from it. But today, we're turning the corner. We're starting a new series called Jesus Strong. How many of you want to be strong? You want to be strong? Yeah. We admire strength, don't we? We all admire strength. Sometimes I'll be out with my sons or I'll be out with some guys and, you know, you you go around. Guys automatically, we have this uh, strength radar. You go out to like, you know, a chicken wing place and a guy walks in in a muscle shirt that, you know, kind of has to walk sideways because he's so big and he looks like he could wrap his muscle around your neck and pop your head like a grape. Every guy in the room, somehow there's a disturbance in the force. Every guy knows he's there. And, and oftentimes you'll make a joke somebody, hey, I dare you to go punch that guy in the face. You know, I don't, don't am not messing with that guy. And it, 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 it makes waves in the room because we all admire strength. I just want to, for fun, show you some pictures this morning of people that we've considered to have strength. Now, a, a bunch of you aren't even going to know who this is. But, but if, you, if you know who this is, I, I, this is we're going to old school, okay? Who knows who this is? Who, you know who this is? Yeah, the Duke, right? John Wayne. Hey, pilgrim, you got any water? You know, the whole thing, right? The Duke, man. So he was a picture of strength, right? Okay, here's another one. How many of you know who this guy is? Not the original. I know he's not Sean Connery. I get it. How many of you know his name, though? Roger Moore, right? James Bond. Da-da-da-da. You know, he, man... Like he could get out of anything. he was smarter than everybody. He was a step ahead of anybody, right? OK, now, now we'll get a little, a little bit more in the future. Here's another one. Oh. right? Right? Chuck Norris. Listen. Chuck Norris once threw a grenade and killed 50 people. and then it blew up. <laughs> Chuck Norris once counted to infinity. Twice. All right. I'm just having fun with you now. All right. Here's another one. Last one. Uh, Yes. Everybody knows who this is, right? Right? This is LeBron James. Like the the man among men. And, And some people say he's the goat, and it's completely your right to be wrong. Everybody knows Michael Jordan's the goat. However, he's pretty good, too. And so he's a picture of strength. You know, we've got these records that we keep, Guinness Book of World Records, because we admire people who do incredible feats. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but the largest living cat is a liger, half lion, half tiger, 922 pounds. His name is Hercules. How many of you like your chances? (laughs) No, no, not me. The longest time anyone has ever held their breath underwater, 24 minutes and 3 seconds. Can you believe that? Like, I, I'm struggling for a minute. You know what I mean? Longest time period. Okay, so those are physical feats, but this is those, for those of you in the tech sector, you know, the, the uh, social media space. Longest time period on instant messenger. Some of you think, oh, man, I'm on it all the time. I secretly am addicted, and I don't want to tell anybody. Well, try 96 hours, four days, instant messenger. I, I I had carpal tunnel syndrome as soon as it was over. Highest basketball shot from a skyscraper, 531 feet in the sky. A guy threw a basketball off and made it into a basket on the ground, 531 Most push-ups, for all you young guys, I just got news for you. The record's held by a 50-year-old man. 2,220 push-ups in one hour. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? How many of you know who uh, Joey Chestnut is? Anybody? Yeah? Hot dog eating champion of the world. 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Oh, that just hurt. I felt like I got shot right in the stomach. You know what I mean? Just punched right in the gut. 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Everybody admires strength. And every one of us want to be strong or powerful or have abilities. But did you know that God wants you to be strong? Like God has a plan for you to be strong. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've been called to strength. It's not an option. It's not an add-on. It's not a luxury. It's not an extra feature. If you are a follower of Jesus, God has called you to strength. What does that kind of strength look like? Ephesians 4.13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of christ now now look there's a lot of words in that sentence aren't there you ever read some passages in the bible and you say i can tell that's important but i don't know why because that's a lot of stuff the full measure the, the, the uh, attaining to the whole measure, the fullness of Christ, U- unity and faith and knowledge. But there's one little phrase I want you to focus on that's at the very end of the sentence that gives you God's plan for your life and mine and is the net result of all of God's work in your life. And here it is, this little phrase, fullness of Christ. God's will for your life is to be full of Jesus. For you to grow and to become full, God wants you to be strong. The Bible calls it abundant life. God has a good plan for you, and and his plan is to make your life strong and full. Ephesians 4.13 calls it the fullness of Christ. So in this series, we're calling it Jesus Strong. God wants you to be Jesus Strong. So during this whole series, we're going to be talking about how do you become Jesus strong because God is never going to ask you to do something and not provide a way for you to do it. He's, never, he's not, a, he's not a, a mean God. He's not an a un, unpleasable God. He's never going to say, meet this standard, by the way, you're on your own. He's going to say, I have this plan for you up here. Take this step and then this one, and I'll give you this resource, and I'll give you this tool, and I'll give you this help, and I'll give you the Bible, and I'll give you the church, and I'll give you the Holy Spirit. Now, keep coming. Keep coming. So, in this series, we're going to talk about uh, how do you become that. And so, I'll just give you the outline of the series. Today, we're going to talk about stronger in community. Next Sunday, stronger in God. The next week, strong in impact. The week after, strong in love. And the final um, uh, message in this series is strong in weakness. You don't want to miss that one. So we're starting this series with strong in community. And what I want you to see is that's actually the backdrop of Ephesians 4. See, here's what I learned. Context matters. If you're going to play an NBA basketball game, the context matters of an NBA basketball game is is a sports arena with a hardwood floor with two baskets on each end with a scoreboard and an announcer and some music and some fans. That's the context. Now, try to do that game in a different context and let's see how it works out. Try to take that, change the arena, make the floor ice Prepare it for ice hockey. Put two nets on each end. Let those big guys get out there with their size 18 high top shoe on the ice. Throw basketballs at the hockey net. I don't know what you call that, but you don't call that basketball. Anybody with me? You know why? Because the context is wrong. Context matters. The context of Ephesians 4 is a community committed to following Jesus. Not me, not you, not an individual, but a community. A group of people committed together. God will use other Christians to make you strong. In other words, you and I cannot become Jesus strong by ourselves. We cannot become everything Jesus wants us to be. We cannot arrive at the fullness of Christ by ourselves in isolation. Look at Ephesians 4.13 again. Until we... Not me, not you, we. You see the context? Until we all reach unity. Now look, if you don't already live in unity with yourself, you got more problems than we can work out here this morning. But unity is a community term, right? (laughs) Community. Hear it in there somewhere? Look at verse 16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See, the church only works if we're connected to each other and we're connected to Jesus. You can only become Jesus strong if you have spiritual relationships in your life. So I have a question for you this morning. How many spiritual relationships do you have in your life? You don't have to answer out loud. How many do you have? How many people can you look at in your life and say, that person makes me more like Jesus? That's what a spiritual relationship is. We tend to admire people who appear to not need anyone else, right? That's what all those faces were. There are people that we admire because they're they're loners. They don't need anybody else. They're completely self-sufficient. And the reason that we admire people like that is we all secretly want to be our own God. That's, That's pretty heavy theology for Sunday morning, isn't it? But that's the first temptation that Satan threw at humanity, and it's the first sin that humanity bit on. What did he say? If you eat from this tree, you will be like God. And somehow, in Adam and Eve's sinless state, that temptation hooked to them. And I want to suggest to you, it is still the innate desire of all humans everywhere to want to be our own God. To to completely deal with our weaknesses in such a way that we don't need anyone else and we don't need anything else. Our picture of strength that we saw on the screen is individualism. God's picture of strength is interconnectedness. I need you and you need me. And together we're better than we'll ever be by ourselves. So I'm helping you and you're helping me, and we need each other to ever become everything Jesus wants us to be. No one of us is complete. Some of you are struggling to follow Jesus because you're trying to do it alone, you're trying to do it by yourself. You don't have any spiritual relationships in your life, or you have weak spiritual relationships, or hit-and-miss spiritual relationships. But God uses community to make you Jesus strong, the fullness of Christ. So I want to give you, if you're taking notes this morning, you have something to write with, let me give you five ways today that community makes you Jesus strong. Spiritual relationships make you Jesus strong. Number one, we are stronger when someone walks with us. You know the first thing Jesus did when he came to earth and set up his ministry is he gathered a small group of disciples, the 12 disciples we call them. In fact, most of Jesus' public ministry by our standards was not very successful If you want to count success in terms of sustainability. You know, on Palm Sunday, a week before Easter, Jesus rides into downtown Jerusalem, and everybody's out. Oh, man, they can't get enough. You know, Jesus, he's the new thing. He's the guy. He's going to fix it all. And the minute that, because what they thought is, they thought that Jesus came to do their agenda. And when they learned that Jesus came to do the Father's agenda, they scattered. They left. The best part of Jesus' ministry that endured in his absence was his small group of disciples. We just spent the whole summer studying a big chunk of the book of Acts following many of Jesus' 12 disciples that he left behind in his absence, and they absolutely changed the world. They planted churches everywhere. All over the place. You and I are a part of a church today, a part of a church service today, because of those 12. So Jesus' enduring impact from his ministry did not come from the crowds that came and went and came and went. It came from that small group of people that walked with him day in and day out. Genesis 2.18 says, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable to him. Now here's what I find I've always found this to be so interesting. Adam and Eve had not sinned when God said that. So there's no correct theology that says that you and I's need of human relationships comes from sin. It doesn't come from brokenness, it doesn't come from sin. It doesn't come from the whole the fact that the whole creation is upside down. That's not where it comes from. It comes from God's design. Because before anybody sinned, mankind already needed human relationship. I've always found that so fascinating. So God in his perfect creation designed and built in, how much more do you think we need spiritual relationships in the condition we're in now? We've been walking in sin for millennium. We need people who will walk with us. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says, What then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation. All these must be done for the strengthening of the church. You know what I hear in this? People connect and people grow and people become strong when they contribute. Everyone has a has a a hymn, a word, a revelation, a tongue. Everybody's got something good to give We can't do that in here. Should I take a microphone and we just take turns? You go, then you go, then you go. That's no, too long. Then no, you go, you go, that's too short. A little more, then no, you go, you go, you go. How would we do that? And, and who would come back the next week? Nobody. But that doesn't mean it's unimportant. It just means it's impossible to facilitate in this environment. So it's got to be put in another kind of environment. These things can't happen in a worship service because this is not a community. This is a crowd. And this is a crowd that comes and goes and ebbs and flows and goes up and goes down. And Have you seen that? No, I don't know what happened. I haven't seen them. I don't know where they are. There's no interconnectedness. And if there is interconnectedness, it comes from somewhere outside this room. It comes from a relationship that's been built somewhere, sometime else. You can experience a lot of things but still be alone. And you can't be Jesus strong unless you're in community. You don't have the fullness of Christ without spiritual relationships. We all need somebody to walk with us through the issues of life. In, in our time here with you at Kingwood, I've been a part of seven different life groups. Seven groups. I've, I've been a part of several discipleship groups that, that would last one year. And the reason that we ask people to commit for, to them for one year is because that's about the amount of time it takes to experience all that life has to offer. Man, I, I've been amazed as I've watched people in those one-year journeys People have babies. They lose jobs. They get sick. You celebrate milestones. But you know what happens? When you walk through those things together, you get stronger. And I got stronger because I was able to walk with someone. We are stronger when someone walks with us. Number two, we're stronger when someone covers us. We all need someone who will defend us and protect us, and we all need somebody that will have our back. You know what I mean? I don't mean cover up, but I mean have our back. I can't tell you uh, the challenges and struggles that our family has been through in the last several years. I can't tell you how many times so many of you have come to us, dozens, maybe a few hundred, over the years, and said, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And sometimes they'll, they'll look at me, because maybe I look like I'm not paying attention to something, they'll say, no, look, I mean it. They'll put that on there. I mean it. I've had, I've had a few of you say, every day, every day I pray for you. Every day I pray for your family. And, and, and can I just tell you, that's how our church has made it. We have got each other's back. We have covered one another through the trials of life. And it has helped us make it. You know there are some issues you go through, you're not going to survive alone. You can't make it alone. You're not strong enough. And furthermore, you have an enemy waiting to attack you like a a lion waiting for you to turn your back looking for your blind side. And when you turn it, he's going to pop you. And when you got nobody watching your back, you don't see it coming. And you're just wiped out. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You know why two are more powerful than one? Because two can stand back to back. You look, you look this way, and you look this way. And when you turn, your back's never open. Who's got your back? Anybody got your back? Anybody covering you? We are weaker when we fight our battles alone. We need someone who can cover us in prayer and cover us in trouble and cover us in weakness and cover us in discouragement. We are stronger when someone covers us. Number three, we are stronger when someone grieves with us. You know, everybody loses something sometimes. Loss is part of the human life. There are lost jobs, and there are lost loved ones, and sometimes there are lost children, and sometimes there lost marriages, and sometimes there are lost dreams, and all kind of things. Sometimes people lose their health. Everybody experiences loss. It is common. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. That's not a promise that we often claim. (laughs) You know? You know there's a place in pain where you don't need anybody to fix you. You don't need a vision and you don't need a word and you don't need to be inspired. What you actually need is someone to sit down and hurt with you. Just to sit and hurt with you and say, I'm sorry. I don't really understand what you're going through. But I see how much it hurts you. And I'm sorry. And I just want you to know I'm with you. And I'm going I'm to sit here with you. Do you know sometimes sadness is the appropriate response? Because there are some things that happen in life that are sad. Sad. And when those things happen, it's absolutely okay for you to be sad, and it's even better if you have someone who will sit with you and just feel the sadness with you because you're not alone in it. That's, that's, that's what this whole idea is about sharing one another's grief. That's what our ministry Grief shares about. That's what it's called, grief. Share, right? Because sometimes people don't need to be fixed; they need somebody to to sit with them, and Jesus will heal them. They'll get better, but you don't have to just try to force them. You know, many of you know. This past spring, we closed our school, our K through twelve school, um, Kingwood Christian School, and so man, that w- that was painful. That was a painful experience. Um, Let me just give you some advice. You don't ever want to do that. Okay, (laughs) Just go ahead and tell you. You don't ever want to do that. But I realized that a significant part of the life of our ministry had been cut off. And so one day this summer, I took our staff, and we went over to the auditorium of the school, and we sat around in a circle. And you know what we did? We shared stories. What's your favorite memory, you know? How many of your kids went here? Your grandkids went here? And, and, and we sat around and we told stories and we shared a devotion and we prayed and we shared that season of grief because something precious had been lost. Because the worst thing you can do in your life when you lose something is pretend like you didn't. Because it will hurt you. You will hurt yourself and you'll hurt the other people around you. But that's exactly what most of us do when we don't have anyone in our life who can grieve with us. We just pretend like it didn't happen or it didn't matter. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. You get those backwards and you got a problem. you got those wet blankets that always want to come and mourn with people who are rejoicing. You know, stop it. You always got those people that want to come and and rejoice with those who are mourning. Stop it. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That's, That's what the Christian spirit of unselfish community is about. This time it's your turn to celebrate. Next time it's going to be mine. And I hope you'll come and party just as much when it's my turn as I did when it was your turn. And I, and I want to feel what you feel. I want to I have empathy for you. When you share your pain with people who love you, it cuts the burden in half. When you celebrate with people who love you, it doubles the blessing. Isn't that right? There's nothing worse than celebrating by yourself. You know, uh, I I haven't golfed in years, but when I used to golf, I always had this nightmare that I'd be out on the golf course one day and shoot a hole in one, but I'd be playing by myself. (laughs) Wouldn't that be miserable? Uh -uh, uh Uh-uh. I want everybody to be there. Everybody. I want everybody to come and rejoice with me, because nobody will play, yeah, sure you did. No, I promise. I promise. I did. I promise. No, you kicked that ball in there. It didn't go in there. No, I did. Number four. We're stronger when someone challenges us. Proverbs 27, 17, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You know, sometimes we all get distracted. Sometimes we all get stuck. When, when, when we're with other believers, though, they challenge us with their own life. You know, I've been ch- sometimes I've listened to other people pray, and I've thought, man, when I hear them pray, it makes me want to pray more. You ever hear somebody pray, and it just—it just, man, it just makes you hungry for prayer. Or, or you see someone's passion for God, and you go, man, I want to be like that. Like I want to—I want to be alive. Or, or, or you see the way that a person has been faithful and overcome a challenge, and man, it just challenges you to go. I want to be like that. I don't want to quit. I don't want to give up. I don't want to give in. I don't want to complain. Man, their their life, when I see how they live their life for God, I want to live my life for God like they do. It challenges you. I've been challenged sometimes by the way people have endured hard times and lived in integrity. And, man, when I see a person that's a shining example of integrity, it makes me so hungry for every part of my life to be right. Man, it it just challenges you. Or, or someone's spiritual hunger, or authenticity. Man, when I get around a person that's very authentic, it just makes me hungry. Like I want to be real to the bone. And, and the, see, this is what happens. When you get close enough to a group, I promise you there's someone's life in that group that will challenge you. Sometimes we just need someone to challenge us to take our next step to help us find it and to do it. And when you you live in isolation, you don't ever get challenged. But when you get around other people who have strengths like you do that are just stronger than yours or strengths that are opposite than yours, man, they rub up against you. Iron sharpens iron. And you go, man, I want more of that. Well, you can't get that in isolation. Hebrews 20, uh, 10, 24 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Any of you know anything about chickens? How many of you have ever had a rooster? You, uh, you, okay. If you, my dad grew up in the country, so I, I, I learned, we had a little pet chickens for a while in the city. And roosters have this, um, like they have their hands, their little fingers... And they have this other thing up here. Anybody know what that is? It's a spur. That's right. And what happens is, is when they fight, they turn those things up and jab each other in the head with them. Cowboys have a little thing on the back of their boot, a little wheel called a spur. And when they get ready for the horse to get going, they kick it in the back. Giddy up. They spur it, and it takes off. That's the picture. Sometimes you and I need to get up close with people who will challenge us with their life because it spurs us on because we get stuck. And, and, And we get sometimes distracted. But when you get around someone that's really focused and moving and growing and becoming everything God wants them to be, man, it spurs you on. You can't get that in isolation. When I get close enough to someone who's following Jesus, it just challenges me to follow Jesus more. And that's why we all need spiritual relationships. Number five, we are stronger when someone encourages us. Everyone has days. Everyone has seasons. Everyone has heavy moments in life when they're discouraged. Circumstances, bad news, even our own actions sometimes discourage our, ourselves. We all need encouragement. Sometimes we don't need to be challenged. Sometimes we just need someone that will encourage us to speak life to us, to remind us of what God has done in our life and that God is not done. We just need somebody to speak that over us. We need words of faith and life and truth spoken to our inner person, and it brings strength, just strength. Encouragement is important for all of us. To become Jesus strong, we need encouragement. Hebrews 3, 12 and 13 says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Okay, here's the verse saying, Pay attention to your heart, and don't let your heart become sinful and unbelieving and turn away from God. All right, that's that's what you got to look out for. What do you do about it? Here it is. Here's the solution. But encourage one another daily. You know there's not many things the Bible tells us to do every day. This must be important. Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Without encouragement, you and I are prone to become deceived into believing that the world's ways are better than God's ways. Sometimes people think, go, go ahead and have that emotional affair or that one-night stand or, or, or uh, take those drugs or take those pills or, or drink a little bit or do a little bit of this or do a little bit of that, and what ha- when trouble comes our way, we start to cope with it the way the world copes with it, and our heart grows cold and our faith gets weak, and we adopt the world's ways of coping with life, and it's sad to watch, but it oftentimes happens simply because there's no one in that person's life to offer encouragement. That's what Hebrews says. I wonder how many marriages have been lost because there's no one there to encourage. I wonder how many bad decisions have been made because people have given up because they just simply had no one to encourage them. I am genuinely concerned about those of you who have no spiritual relationships in your life because you are a sitting duck. The enemy is going to blindside you and throw everything he's got at you at your weakest moment. And if you don't have someone to encourage you, you're going to tend to believe the lie that the world's ways are better than God's ways. Now, we are stronger, well, here it is, when someone walks with us, covers us, grieves with us, challenges us, encourages us. Now, let's bring it all all down to an end. Where do we find those kinds of relationships? Well, I can tell you where you're not going to find them. You're not going to find them at the local gym. I've been to the local gym. They're not there. They're all looking in the mirror. They don't even see you. You're not going to find them at the local bar. They're looking in the bottom of the the beer bottle. You're not going to find them in this crowd. We already talked about that. Where you will find them is in a life group. Now, sometimes people say, oh, well, you know, I tried that and it didn't work. How many times did you go? Twice? I mean, that's like saying I planted a garden. I threw some seeds out in the dirt nothing happened, so I gave up on gardening. Well, there's a couple more steps to it than that. Relationships are not just add water. It's not an instant thing. It's not a done for you. It is a thing that you've got to invest yourself in, and it's not a perfect process. It takes care and ongoing involvement. And Listen, remember how we said earlier that we all have a tendency to be our own, want to be our own God? Listen to this. Engagement in Christian community is the confession, I'm not God. I'm not self-sufficient, and I need other people in my life. That's what it is. According to a recent survey, 70% of Americans said, the church is not meeting my needs. 70%. So, follow up questions were asked What needs do you have then that the church is not meeting? Listen to this. Of all the needs that people listed, they could all be boiled down into six categories. Four of those six can only be met inside a small group. Four of the six. You can attend church but not be connected. You can be a member and not be connected. You can sing and you can worship and you can even from time to time have powerful experiences with God and not be connected. Without spiritual relationships, you will never be Jesus strong. Can't be. And that's why Jesus left with us something that he affectionately calls the body of Christ. It's not perfect because it's filled with people like us. (laughs) But there's something inside it that is supernatural and that will help you find the fullness of Christ. And you can't find it without it. I don't know anyone who lives in isolation, who's better off spiritually. I don't know anybody. I've never known anybody, ever. When you distance yourself from the body of Christ, your spiritual life begins to suffer. So this morning, what what I want to encourage you to do. Well, today's our Fall Life Group launch. And if you're on our email uh, list, you got our new Fall Life Group guide. We have almost 40 groups. Last spring, we had the highest number of people in a life group in Kingwood Church's nearly 90-year history. So this is a good time to find a group. I'm not saying it's easy. Maybe you try a group it doesn't work. Try a different group. It's okay. Hey, everybody ought not to be married, right? Everybody's not compatible. That's fine. But out of 40 groups... There's a group of people in this church that you fit with and that will help you. And you will help them. And so today, in just a minute, we're going to close. Our life group leaders are already in the foyer. You'll, you, we made it hard to get out the door. You're going to have to actually walk past them, you know, and give them the ugly face if you don't want to talk to them. But they're there. And they're there because they want to talk to you and they're there because they want to help you. And they're there because they want to help you find some of those spiritual relationships that will strengthen your life. And I want to encourage you to do that. We have six brand new groups that have never existed before. And we have six more new groups that have existed but have taken time off and are starting again today. So those 12 groups are a fantastic place to look to begin to find those spiritual relationships. I want to ask you if you'll stand with me and I want to ask our prayer team to come. And before we leave, I I want to give you an opportunity. If you'd close your eyes for a moment and just open your heart. Here's what I know. I know on a day like today, Some of you are facing difficult circumstances. The fall is starting back and school is starting back and you're re-engaging and the truth is you've got some questions and concerns. Here's what we want you to know. We don't want you to go through it alone. I don't care if you're in a group or not in a group. doesn't matter if you know people or you don't know people. We have a prayer team here that doesn't want you to go through whatever you're going through by yourself. Our heart is that nobody fights alone. And so today, if you have a need, if you have a a question, if you have a concern, maybe you just came in with a heavy heart and a burden, you need somebody to pray with you. I just want you to know our prayer team would love to pray for you And encourage you and minister to you. And I promise you, if you have a need, if you'll respond, you will leave encouraged. And you will leave this place stronger than you came because you allowed the Holy Spirit to minister to you through another person. So, with every eye closed, if you have a need today, you need prayer today, as I begin to pray. I want you just to come. I want you just to come. Holy Spirit, I pray now that you would draw every person that that you need to draw. Lord, I pray that you would draw every person to a moment of encouragement and prayer and ministry. Lord, I pray that you you would speak specifically to individuals' hearts so that no one would leave this place uncovered, unprayed for, isolated, with an unmet need. But Lord, as we leave this place, we meet this place having met you in a fresh way. So God, I ask you, minister now. Minister now, like only you can. So our worship team begins to sing. If you need prayer, we want you to come. We're going to pray for you and minister to you. If if you need to be dismissed, our life group leaders are there waiting for you. would love to talk to you. God bless you. Glad you came today.